Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. Hello, everyone. For this FTF Exchange podcast, we are catching up with Adam Cottingham, Head of Asset Servicing for SmartStream, and Neil Shepard, Global Head of Business Development, Asset Servicing, also at SmartStream. Uh, by the way, the FTF Awards this year, our voters picked SmartStream TLM Corporate Actions as the best corporate actions service provider for 2020. So good afternoon, Adam and Neil. Uh, first, can you just give us a quick introduction of yourselves and then we'll dive into the questions. Yeah, hello, it's Neil Shepard, uh, Global Head of uh, Business Development at SmartStream, uh, looking at asset servicing. Uh, been in this business for the best part of 25 years. So uh, looking forward to this, this, this uh, discussion today. Hi, Adam Cottingham. Been in the business slightly less time than Neil, but enjoying working together and um, taking our product to market. For the first question, uh, why why has corporate actions processing hung on to uh, so many manual steps while other securities operations have been automated? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, and it's been that way for a long time. Um, corporate actions is extremely specialized. Uh, it is complex, but the main reason it changes so much, um, the corporate actions process touches um, the entire operation. Some firms view it as an umbrella, some as a platform. So they're often relying on those parts of that process being automated. So it gets a decent input. Okay. Um, there's been an element of, of kind of self-preservation, if you like, you know, with the uh, the type of resource attracted to the to the uh, the corporations arena, but the manual process and the, and the, the combination of maybe spreadsheets and and uh, quality personnel um, have really kept the losses and and errors down to an absolute minimum. Okay, but uh, there is a need for automation as the volumes and the uh, complexities uh, definitely do increase. Adam. Yeah, I think many firms find these projects really quite daunting. Traditionally, um, looking back to when these projects started uh, 20 plus years ago, up until quite recently, there's been many failures, costly failures, and the projects haven't really come to terms with the challenges that need to be addressed. These projects face upstream integration challenges into the custodian network or the prime network, depending on the type of client it is. There are downstream integration challenges into the book of record for position management, forecasting, blocking, tax calculation and accounting. Many, many challenges. Firms are also finding it hard to map all of their manual processes, which um, are normally paper based or sometimes database based into the evolving standards of the market and their internal governance processes. So the burden of change is quite heavy. Okay. So, so financial service firms are moving fast to respond to client demands for more real-time delivery of corporate actions. What do you see as the major drivers behind, behind these real-time demands? The number one thing here is risk mitigation. It's the principal driver. And as Neil said, manual processes do address this to a large extent, but the potential for loss is huge. If an event is missed, 
or misprocessed. And it's often on the service provider to make the beneficial owner whole again. And Neil, any thoughts on that as well? Neil? Yeah, we have seen um, a change in mindset post-COVID. Um, since firms you know, have worked from a dispersed environment, office environment, and they really understand and realise that it's critical to be digitised, to be automated. So they need to achieve that operational effectiveness, okay? especially when BCP uh, is enforced. So it's really underlined that need for control and you know, being being aware of what's going on. We've always had the argument that, you know, well, I've got X number of people doing this job. Uh, there are no breaks. Uh, why invest in a system? Well, because the increasing volumes are going, you know, the firms have realised with COVID, being away from that environment, uh, that automating the, the, the mandatory events, for example, actually, actually does free up uh, the experts to really look at the real critical stuff, okay? We have seen the client on demand kind of appetite. It's kind of a modern day expectation with your, you know, your TV and your iPhones and all that good stuff. Uh, and also we're seeing more and more that our clients are saying it's a huge differential when they're looking at new business. So if they can say we've got a, a quality corporation service on demand, etc., that's a real differential for new business. So in this case, automation would really really be a competitive advantage you're saying yeah exactly that and even some some of the firms are talking about having corporate actions as a not a trading desk but looking at arbitrage on corporate actions so a business opportunity um all whilst all this governance and compliance demands are ongoing but some of these guys with that that automated process with the the risk taken care of they can really look at the corporate action activity as a potential business opportunity in-house which is an interesting one to look at mm-hmm uh, what, we, what would you say to financial services firms that are resisting change in the corporate actions processing realm? I think sometimes the, the firms and the clients will say, well, it's working. You know, why do I need to change? And then when we talk to them and we, and we, we turn up with our uh, subject matter experts and the guys that have been both as a practitioner and as a, you know, a software designer, uh, we say, look at your true cost to manage that current process. Look at your resource. Look at the risks attached to that, you know, if your resource change, but also look at the systems. They may be dear to maintain. They're going to have an end of life. You know, really look at that cost. Get someone to give you a, a printout, if you like, of what that really means. And off, more often than not, people are you know, amazed at what that costs. So um, you need to understand if you do miss something or you process something incorrectly, it's not just the obvious financial kind of loss. It may be that reputational loss and damage. Again, if you're going for new business, then uh, that, that may well go against you, okay? And again, all of this stuff, it's all about the governance and, and, and the, the compliance requirements. Uh, we bring to the table not just what's out there now, but looking ahead, you know, two or three years' time, are you ready to deal with the compliance? Are you ready to, to be able to produce those reports uh, and uh, the data governance? So, um, you know, we do challenge the client, um, and they often come back and go, do you know what, Neil, you were right. Adam, I think you've you've seen some of this as well. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot to digest there. And um, as I said before, that can be daunting. What I'd say say to the people that are coming to meet with us and discussing a path forward is it doesn't have to be as hard as you think to achieve automation and systematic control by delivering a best-in-class corporate action system. 
you don't have to compromise on functionality anymore to make it affordable or really, really have to extend your budgets to get a best in class system. Yeah, look for a leading class solution that is functionally complete. There is one out there. We know that. And look for that vendor to charge fair value for the services and solutions that they're delivering to you. It also doesn't have to take that long. Yeah, there is this vendor out there that is heavily invested in applying standards to accelerate the ease of adoption through an out-of-the-box model client configuration. And for the most part, that is applicable to all client use cases that we're coming across today. Okay, I wonder who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but did the pandemic lockdown force this issue for many firms? Did it force them? Did it, did it create a weird situation where they had to stop and look at, you know, all of these, you've got a manual process over there, an incomplete automated process over there, and it's really, it's beginning to really add up as, as the business heats up? Yeah, the answer is yes. It's, um, I mean, the demand for our services is, is, is increasing. It's exactly that, where, you know, smaller firms in particular have been reliant on the, the, the individuals, you know, walking across to the printer, all that old-fashioned stuff, and a diary may be, maybe with a couple of spreadsheets chucked in. Uh, they've realised when they're remote, one, they haven't got access to, from a, a control point of view, it's gone. So it really has underlined it. Uh, and when people have looked at the way the automation can make their day easy and easier, it's exception driven, and the audit and the control has been taken care of, um, they kind of clap their hands again and go, well, that means I can look at the, the real risky events where the, the decision maker nearly really needs my, my, my help, correct. So it really has uh, crystallized that, that risk and need, which we're, which we're enjoying, of course. <laughs> okay. So as you both have noted, it, this is not a new problem. Mm. How likely are firms uh, to successfully automate more key steps of their corporate actions processing? A hundred percent. It's about having clear objectives for the changes they're looking to put in place. Yeah, clarity on that point, having a clear goal is key. When engaging with a vendor, it's about creating a partnership. Um, all of our deliveries are based on shared risk with measurable critical success factors. It keeps us honest and it basically means that we can deliver for our clients. So as Adam said, what's key is having a partnership with the client. Um, it's absolutely critical uh, that we lead that team with practitioners and SMEs. Uh, so going back to my 25 years experience where we've always succeeded is by, by, by leading that way. Okay, It's imperative that me and my team and the experts get involved very early on in the process. Uh, quite often you may identify projects that could potentially derail the corporation. Um, and we deal with those very, very early on uh, in that process. Okay, this is the only way to deliver a project on time, and of course, as importantly, on budget, all from experience. Okay, so how ready are firms uh, to embrace what might be the next generation of corporate actions processing? Yeah, it's um, back to what I said earlier. Uh, post the uh, pandemic, definitely closer. Okay. They realise the need to appoint the decisions being taken away 
from the, the, the operational users. Um, you, you may have seen the change managers before, but where compliance and audit are concerned, they understand the need for BCP, they understand the, the need for control um, if your workforce is remote, uh, or even the uncertainty of the workforce being available. You, know, you need that automation. So the appetite is absolutely, absolutely there. Uh, they understand the need to reallocate the work, regardless of location and what have you. So again, the decision's probably taken away from the traditional change managers, uh, and this is a real opportunity for automation. So we don't have a discussion anymore about, well, why, it's more about how and how much will it cost me. Okay. Adam, any thoughts on that? Or... I think um, Neil summed it up. And as I said before, the choices that you make about um, which vendor you partner with is key and the SME capability is also key. And um, based on how busy Neil's been recently, it seems that the time is now. And then how will the mission of corporate actions teams change once there is uh, uh, more automation than before? They will become less administrative and less um, focused purely on how hard they work is a direct correlation on how much they diminish risk. So their role will change into one of service differential. Yeah, and that will enable the firms they work for to add new innovations in attaining new business, servicing existing client business, and overall client service quality. So more time will be spent on decision support with an increased focus on the complex and high risk events. Mm -hmm. Operators will um, be doing less admin, so they will be given more time, freed up to confer with decision makers with regard to elections, options and reinvestment options, whilst also being able to apply corporate guidelines. Neil? Just to add to that, so I think, you know, the corporate actions SMEs looking at the, the more complex and high risk events um, can nearly become uh, an advisor. They can become an advisory to either your uh, in-house decision makers or the external decision makers uh, and really coaching people through that process whilst still being very critical of the process. So the data coming in, the timeliness coming in, you know, how is your custodian reacting? So you really be, in my opinion, that individual is kind of elevated to uh, uh, you know, a real manager of process. Okay. All right. Terrific. I'm really glad I got time with you guys. I know you're very, very busy. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange podcast.